It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 24th, 2019. My name is Philip Ross and I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Happy Christmas Eve to all of you, or happy holidays, happy Hanukkah for sure. Um, I celebrate Hanukkah, but happy holidays or however you want to celebrate the next few days. Have a joyous one at that. We'll repeat that message later on. On today's episode of Locked Up Magic, we'll talk all about the Orlando Magic's win over the Chicago Bulls and the dramatic return of the Orlando Magic's defense. Good to see that back in tow. What characteristics worked and why? That's got to be the way the team plays the rest of the season. Before we do any of that, though, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you could only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Chicago Bulls coming out of this game? Check out Lockdown Bulls. Want to get a head start on Friday's opponent, the Philadelphia 76ers, as they get ready to play the Milwaukee Bucks on Christmas Day? Check out Locked On Sixers. No matter who your favorite team is, who your least favorite team is, who your second favorite team is, or the team you're just curious to know more about, you can find a Locked On podcast covering the team that you are interested in. Plus, we have great national podcasts, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, as well as Rejecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast. No matter what you're interested in, there's a Lockdown Podcast for you, whether it's NBA, NFL, MLB, or colleges too. You can find them all today wherever you download podcasts. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. To say the least, the Orlando Magic returned home from their West Coast trip. Not wounded. I, I don't think that's the, the, the case. The, there's still that air of confidence about this team and, and assuredness, but... Certainly staggered. They, they've taken a few punches on the road and things just haven't clicked the way that everyone thought they would. I spent much of the weekend debating a lot of things about this team, about the long-term future of this team, about the short-term future of this team, about the worth and value of even making the playoffs, which after seven years, not after six years not making the playoffs, I still don't understand why people don't see that as valuable or see that as a good thing. But to be sure, the general consensus, and even I, who am an optimist and probably play devil's advocate a little bit too much, it's been a disappointing season so far. Maybe disappointing is the wrong word, but it definitely feels like this team can play better. In fact, I would argue over and over and over again, and I'll still argue this even after today, Orlando has proven how good they can be. The Magic have proven just how good they can be. And it just hasn't quite translated to the floor yet. It hasn't quite translated. All those pieces haven't been put together. And even Steve Clifford would say that 
you know, we're just not playing with the same intensity and focus that we did at the end of last season. The, the discipline isn't there. And while you would say that the effort and, and fight is certainly there, that the Magic are trying to scratch and claw, it's maybe not directed in the right way. And so coming home, and it's always difficult to come home from the West Coast trip because you still got a little bit of jet lag. You got to work out coming east, especially. It's, it's very different going west. Coming east, you got to kind of get your body clock right, and it's tough to come back. And this first game back from a road trip is always one of the most difficult games a team has to play. So coming back from this road trip, the Magic looked just as out of sync as they had on the, on, the, on the road trip. Turnovers, sloppy passing, poor communication on defense. This Bulls team isn't great offensively, but the thing they are good at is they're good at forcing turnovers, they're good at getting out in transition, they're good at hitting three-pointers. And early on in this game, the Magic had hit the trifecta. They were letting the Chicago Bulls play their game. And even into, the, even into halftime, Orlando was... Staying in it, but still not quite all the way there. Terrence Ross was hitting threes. He had his first three three three-pointers of the game. I believe he had four three-pointers by halftime. That kept the team in the game, but at the end of the day, it still felt like every other game the Magic had played over the last few weeks. Chicago was making shots. Orlando wasn't. Six three-pointers in the second quarter for the Bulls gave them the lead. Even if the Magic were playing okay defense and The Magic were contesting these shots, but not really challenging them. The Bulls were still able to shoot in rhythm. They they didn't have to think twice. So there might have been a hand in their face, but it was still the exact shot the Bulls wanted. Again, this isn't good defense. But over the course of the second half, things changed dramatically. And really, there were were signs that this was how this game was going to play out in the first half. Orlando was slowly starting to put in that second effort that is required of a good defense. That extra effort that just gives the team a little bit of energy after a mistake is made, after a a player is beaten, or just an extra effort to make the stop, to contest the shot, to force a a shooter to think, whoa, let me stop here. Or that split second. It's It's not even anything else. It's a split second of... I don't have the time to get this shot off, or I got to rush this shot to get it off. Again, that's the thing that Magic weren't doing so much in the first half. Orlando did a better job of all of that, and it really started with some of the fight that they showed in the first half. Aaron Gordon turning the ball over, and it was completely his fault, and getting back to block a dunk from Thaddeus Young on the other end. Second effort. Slowly but surely, the precision and the discipline came. Slowly but surely, the Magic started to look like the team that we all envisioned they could be. The fourth quarter, Orlando gave up only 14 points. They, out, they beat Chicago 20-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter. Not a huge score. Magic didn't score either. But it didn't matter. Even though Orlando was ahead by no more than, I think, eight point, seven or eight points in that fourth quarter, it never felt like Chicago was going to come back. Not fully, not completely. It never felt like Chicago had the code because Orlando, for the first time in a long time defensively, was dialed completely in. The pressure was dialed completely up. 
The defense, the rim protection from Mo Bamba, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac was dialed completely up. And the Bulls were scrambling to find good shots. Orlando defeated the Chicago Bulls 103-95 to at the Amway Center on Monday. It's the first time the Magic have held an opponent under 100 points since they lost to the Lakers two weeks ago. It is the first time the Magic have held an opponent to below 100 points in a win since their second trip to Cleveland a few weeks ago, too. It has been a long time since the team played a defensive effort like this, and it's certainly been a longer time since the Magic have put together back-to-back good defensive efforts, and certainly the Philadelphia 76ers will be a difficult challenge on Friday. But this is how the Magic were always supposed to play. Scrambling on defense, closing out hard, contesting shots, limiting turnovers, getting out in transition, Grinding through a game, to be frank. They weren't perfect. Down the stretch, they turned to Nikola Vucevic in the post more than they probably ever have. And they relied on Vucevic to convert, and he did. And when he didn't, with about 36 seconds to play, Aaron Gordon cleaned it up because the Bulls had to double to try and just slow him down with the switches they were doing and their lack of size on the interior with Wendell Carter Jr. as their center. Orlando forced 17 turnovers. They turned it over 12 times themselves. And overall, Orlando just beat the Bulls. They beat them. They held one of the best fast-breaking teams in the league to six fast-break points. This is magic basketball. This is the way they always envisioned playing. And finally, we got to see it on the floor. Finally, we got to see them put some of those pieces together. And yeah, I get it. The Bulls aren't the greatest team in the world. The Bulls are, are just like the Magic, kind of struggling and muddling at the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings or the middle of the Eastern Conference standings. But for a Magic team that is trying to gain some distance from everyone else in that, in that race for eighth, this is a big win. Chicago's in that chase. Chicago's right there and Orlando sort of made a statement that this is this is our spot to lose. It's, it always ha- it's, honestly it always has been. So maybe the Magic didn't quite make that statement, or that was not the statement they intended to make. But certainly, Orlando proved that they can they can be up for the challenge when it comes. The Magic defeat the Bulls one hundred three to ninety five at the Amway Center. We'll talk a little bit more about that defense here coming up in just a bit. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But first, the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of of both sink and bounce. The analytics gurus probably like that. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL. That's casper.com slash locked NFL. And use the promo code locked NBA. Again, that's casper.com slash locked NFL. Use the promo code locked NBA at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, 
You can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. Again, that's LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast as the Orlando Magic defeat the Chicago Bulls 103-95. to Orlando is led in scoring by Terrence Ross with 26 points, 8 for 17 shooting, 6 for 13 from beyond the arc. This is a Terrence Ross game. Orlando has not had a lot of games where Terrence Ross kind of picked up the scoring load and and really kept the team buoyant. And this was a game where he very much did that. Second quarter, he caught fire. He made a lot of three-pointers, really helped the Magic stay up up with the, with the, with the Bulls as Chicago was making threes themselves. Um, Orlando does not have a chance to win this game without Terrence Ross, obviously leading scorer. That makes sense, but... He was a constant threat from beyond the arc, and while he cooled off in the second half, um, the Bulls had to had to account for him, and I think that opened up a lot of things for Aaron Gordon. It opened up some things for the for the bench unit, which it didn't have the greatest game, only six additional points off the bench uh, for the Orlando Magic. But uh, Ross, Ross, you know, was the guy. I mean, he he got he got himself going, and and that really kept the Magic involved in this game. So good effort from Terrence Ross. Um, the guy that I thought really made a huge difference in this game was Aaron Gordon. 16 points, 6 for 14 shooting, 1 for 3 from beyond the arc, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks for him. Uh, Gordon was a, was a little bit determined to make something happen. And early on, that didn't mean the bad habit of him trying to over-dribble and take mid-range jumpers. And he kind of still had that bad habit throughout the game where he was kind of shooting off the dribble a little bit too much when he had the ball in his hands. But he had his cutting game working really well. He had really good passing, really good vision today. Uh, to, to distribute the ball when he did get in the paint, so he wasn't always driving to score. Um, and defensively, he just made a lot of really nice plays. He had that block against Thaddeus Young, which I mentioned, which is just a winning play. He made a mistake. He didn't let that affect him. He got back on defense and made up for it. That's, that is a huge winning play and the kind of play that the Magic expect from Aaron Gordon. I mean, that's the kind of play that they need. Um, I often say that Aaron Gordon is kind of the heartbeat of the team. When he is scoring, when he is able, when he's shooting threes especially, but... When he is scoring and getting the ball kind of naturally within the flow of the offense, it means it's working. Um, it means the team is playing well, which that that happened throughout this game where he was getting the ball in positions to score naturally, not by his own will, not by his own force. Uh, and then additionally, um, I thought that he was really good defensively. I mean, he got matched up with Thaddeus Young. He got matched up with, with uh, Zach Levine on occasion. Um, I thought he generally did a very good job kind of containing those players and and being active defensively. I mean, I, th- I think that that he was, uh, obviously three blocks says a lot, but he was really involved throughout the game. So a really nice bounce back game for Aaron Gordon. He's, he's had his struggles uh, this year. The big defensive guy, though, was Jonathan Isaac. 13 points, five for eight shooting, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, three blocks. The guy the guy's going to get a five by five. Um, if you don't know what a five by five is, it is five points, five rebounds, five steals, five blocks. It is you know five of five of five statistical categories, and it is it seems like it's easy, and it seems like it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, you probably remember Jeff Van Gundy going on a rant when Mike Breen mentioned that Anthony Davis joined the five by five club last year, um, and Jeff's like, why why are we talking about this? It's some arbitrary thing. 
it's actually a really exclusive club. I think there's been a, I think there's been less than 20 players in NBA history at least since blocks started getting recorded. Uh, well, both Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell probably are in the five by five club without actually being in it because they didn't record blocks and steal and steals when they were playing. Um, but it, it is a very very rare club, and it is kind of a a sign that you are involved in everything. And and Isaac really was that today. The Magic came out really sloppy. They were they were really slow and. Uh, and just not on the same page. It was, it was very odd. You know, it's very frustrating because it just looked like what we saw, what we saw on that road trip, where the Magic just weren't kind of together and weren't playing at a high level. But Isaac was really dialed into this game. He didn't have a great road trip. He struggled with his shot. Really wasn't a big factor defensively, to be honest. Uh, and this game, really from the opening tip, he made sure that he was involved. He was deflecting passes. He was in passing lanes. He was blocking shots. He had a steal off an outlet pass that he turned into turned into a layup. Um, he was really all over the place in a good way, and, and you know Isaac's improved his rebounding dramatically. Um, I think that's honestly probably where he's improved his game the most this year. His shot is still coming around, um, and and I, and I think most of us would like to see him more involved in the offense and make sure the Magic keep him involved in the offense because he tends to get lost a little bit in the shuffle. But overall, he's just I mean he was just everywhere. This. This is the kind of game you want from Jonathan Isaac. Up around 15 points per game. You know, rebounding, moving the ball when he gets it, blocking shots, getting into passing lanes, just doing a little bit of everything. This is the kind of game you want from Jonathan Isaac. So um, I-, I thought this was a really strong game from him. Obviously still room for improvement for him. You're, you're always looking for young guys to keep getting better. Um, but I-, I really liked liked Isaac's performance in this one. Nikola Vucevic, 21 points, 9 for 17 shooting, 2 for 3 from beyond the arc, 1 for 5 from the foul line. Very odd there. 7 rebounds, 2 blocks for him as well. Um, the Magic did a good job, I think, mixing up where Vucevic got his touches. I think um, throughout the road trip, really, the Magic opted to use him more in pick and rolls. And really, when they did post-ups for him, it felt very forced. Um, it felt kind of outside the rhythm of the game, and they were just trying to do something. Uh, just to get him, get him looks, and I don't know what it was, if it was matchup or whatever. It just didn't work out. It just, it just, it, it felt really out of place. This game, the Magic did try and force him in the post, and in the late stages of the game, um, they they definitely went to that specific play and that specific matchup to try and get things going. And Chicago just doesn't have a lot of size. Uh, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. was in foul trouble all game. Louis Markkinen is big, but not a great defender. Um, and after that, they, you know, the, it, the the talent level, I mean. You know, I, I think I think their young guy, um, Daniel Gafford, he's a really energetic player. Played really, really well in this game. So I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Daniel Gafford. I thought that he was very, very good, but he is not someone you want playing Nikola Vucevic one on one late in the game. Um, and neither is Wendell Carter Jr. At this point, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. struggled with fouls throughout the game. Was really a non-factor throughout throughout the contest. You know, ten rebounds. He had he had some moments early on, but once Vucevic got him in foul trouble, it was it was game over for him. Um, and so Vucevic, you know, kind of took him to work, forced the Bulls to double, and that's when he started moving the ball a lot better and and, and doing a lot more uh, dangerous things for them for the Magic in the fourth quarter. Um, he was Vucevic was solid. I wouldn't say it was a great game for him. I thought there was moments where he was uh, a little too passive defensively, and that's always a fine line with Vucevic. I know, uh, you know, people want to bang on bang on him for his defense a lot, but he's generally pretty good at positioning and and, and guiding. And late in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, the Magic's defense was very good in the fourth quarter. Late in the fourth quarter, he was directing guys where the Magic wanted them to go. He was really good defensively, held his ground really well. Um, and so, you know, certainly very, very capable defender uh, at the end of the day. But 
um, you know, definitely had his moments where he was not quite in the right spot or not quite where he needed to be. But again, overall, you know, the Magic turned to Vucevic in winning time to make plays or at least put the Magic in position to make plays, um, and he did. And so that's really, I think, the big, big thing that you can say about him in this one. Last guy I'll talk about here, Markel Fultz. 6 for 11 shooting, 13 points, 4 assists, 5 turnovers. Had, I think, 2 or 3 turnovers in the first quarter and really did not set a good tone for the Magic. I, I'm, I'm kind of going to be big on this this one here. I'm not saying Markel Fultz is not, a, is not a good player, should not be a starter or any of that, but he's got to start games off better. He's got to get the Magic into their offense better. And I just think the pace for this team is so far off and it starts with the point guard. It always starts with the point guard. And Fultz got it together. Um, you know, by, by by his second stint, he got it together. The team was flowing a lot better. They're getting into their sets quicker, and he was playing a lot more comfortably. But it takes him a while to figure things out. Uh, and those early, I, mean, I, would, I would argue right now, those early first quarter moments are, are where the Magic really put themselves behind the eight ball. And, and really, I think it's up to Fultz as the point guard to set the tone for this game. Having said all that, this criticism is a criticism I would expect to have of him. And I'm okay going through it because these are growing pains. These are things he has to learn. He played only 33 games before this season. We're now at game game uh, thir- game 29 or 30, game 30 actually, of the season. So he's almost played, he's played 63 games. That's not even a full NBA season. That's not even 82 games. To me, Markel Fultz is still a rookie. This is essentially his rookie year. He's going through the whole process of the NBA season for the first time. Again, he's never played this many games in a single individual season. Hasn't really, I mean, we're almost approaching him doubling his to- his total games played within one season. So Fultz is going to go through these growing pains. I think it's okay to go through them. I think it's okay that the Magic let him play and figure it out. But I, I can't deny that results matter, and, and this is something big that's that's got to get fixed. I-, I don't think it's a coincidence that when DJ Augustine comes in uh, in the middle of the first quarter, the pace picks up because DJ understands how to play at the pace the Magic want. Fultz can get there. Fultz is more effective at the pace the Magic want, but he's got to be there more consistently. And again, I think that's just kind of on him, kind of figuring this league out a little bit and figuring out his place on this team and in this league a little bit. I, 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 I do think the Magic should give him more great, more control, more reign, let him kind of run things his way. Um, certainly, six for eleven shooting. 54.5%, he finishes with 13 points. He figured it out in this game, and when he did, the Magic were better for it. Orlando shoots 47.6% from the floor, 10 for 26 from beyond the arc, 15 for 23 from the foul line, so Orlando really should have won this game by a whole lot more. They turned the ball over only 12 times, again, 5 for Marco Fultz alone. They get 10 steals, 13 blocks, 3 each from uh, Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon, 4 from Mo Bamba, and 2 from... Nikola Vucevic. So a really, really solid game defensively there. Chicago shoots 39.8%. They were up at they uh, they were they were up in the uh, mid-40s at halftime. So Orlando does a good job defensively. 13 for 37 from beyond the arc. Um they give up 11 offensive rebounds, which is still a bit of a concern, but they force 15 turnovers um and turn those uh turn they force 17 turnovers, excuse me, turn those into 17 points for the Orlando Magic. The, Chicago, the Orlando Magic defeat the Chicago Bulls 103-95. They hold on to the 8th spot in the East. They're now game and a half up on that, by the way. We are paying attention. They are game and a half up on that at the moment. Uh, as they head into the little Christmas break, they'll take on the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday.
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, and like I've been saying, yes, the Magic don't shoot, can't shoot, and they struggle to shoot. And yes, the offense has not been good overall for the course of the season, and it's an understandable, and under, you know, it's a, it's a weakness the team understands it has. But as I've said throughout this whole course, the magic working on their offense is, is fine. It needs to happen, but ultimately it doesn't matter if the defense doesn't figure itself out. Orlando is not outscoring anyone, even at their best. And the only way that they're going to compete and win and and achieve their goal of making the playoffs, let alone doing more, is if they're good defensively. Not just good, they probably have to be elite defensively. And the fact of the matter is, over the last two, three weeks, this team has not been anywhere close to that mark. Over the last two or three weeks, this team has slipped considerably. The numbers back this up. They're, they're, they're down to, I think over the last 15 games, they're in the 20s in defensive rating. I'd have to look that up. So, But regardless of how you measure it, the Magic have fallen the 12th in the league in defensive rating. They're, they're, they're not the team that they want to be. Not the team that they should be. Not the team that they need to be at the end of the day. This, obviously, is a huge problem. This is a big deal for the Orlando Magic. This is a big deal for the kind of team they want to be. At the end of the day, the Magic are a defensive team. At the end of the day, they hang their hat on being able to stop you and play defense at a high level. And the plain fact of the matter is, this season, they have not done that. So what elements make for a strong defense then? The second quarter, the Magic played the defense that they played throughout the course of the season. First quarter, they were just sloppy and and not on the same page at all and not communicating well. But the second quarter was more representative of the way they played defense throughout most of the season. They give up 26 points on six three-pointers. It's not that the Magic didn't contest these three-pointers. It's not that the Magic weren't there to, to, to challenge them. They weren't really there to to stop them or force them to move the ball again or find the next man. Magic sunk into the paint too much and gave up open threes that they challenged by running at them. And, you know, maybe they got them, maybe they distracted them a little bit, but obviously had very little effect. Instead, the kind of defense the Magic needed to play is the defense they played in the fourth quarter. When a, a guy gets past his man... And Jonathan Isaac standing at the at the corner of the at the edge of the lane to meet him, forcing a pass to the opposite wing, where another player is rotating over to challenge a three, to force another pass, or to force another drive where he is met by another rim protector, and then force another pass or another awkward shot. The Bulls 
were running the same stuff. But it was the Magic playing with more intensity and more precision with how they moved, how they rotated, how they communicated, how they switched, how they got out to those shooters. That's what changed. The Magic upped their intensity and all of a sudden, no one could score on them. Not without a fight, not without some struggle, not without having to work around a long arm or or someone stepping up to meet them. The very best possession of the entire game, Orlando must have had three closeouts, and then ultimately it ended with Jonathan Isaac closing out on Zach Levine, Levine thinking better of shooting, and losing the ball off his leg out of bounds. At a certain level, defense is really about those second efforts. I mentioned what Aaron Gordon did and how that was a winning play. That's the kind of defense the Magic need, where you're making second efforts, making third efforts. It's not simply about positioning. It's not simply about being in the right spot or, or, or just being in the line of sight of a shooter or you know, kind of a, 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 a momentary hindrance. It's about being there quicker. It's about you know maybe losing the matchup and still fighting to get back in it and affect the play. Jonathan Isaac is, is great at this, actually. I think this is you know where Jonathan Isaac's strength really is. Is He's still learning how to close out at an NBA level and still learning how to defend at an NBA level. But when, even when he makes a mistake, there's no pause. It's instinctual for him to follow the play, to try and make a challenge, to try and force a more difficult shot. Thomas Sadoransky, who had a fantastic game, Isaac closed out on him. Sadoransky got by him, but Isaac was still close enough, was still trailing the play that he forced this up-and-under floater that was no good. Isaac got beat on that play, but he still made a defensive play. He still made the shooter work. And if you go back and watch all all the Magic games from that road trip, that's what was missing. Shooters didn't have to work. They got the shots they wanted and they either went in or they didn't. And the Magic, you know, whether they challenged a shot or not, it went in or it didn't. In the fourth quarter, again, where the Bulls scored only 14 points, in the fourth quarter, Orlando made Chicago work for every shot. Everything was, if not contested, fought for. They locked down the glass. They... They just didn't let Chicago do much of anything. And yeah, the Magic's offense didn't do much better, 20 points, but that wasn't for a lack of trying. Orlando needs to run a little bit more. I, I do agree with that. But it gave Orlando the opportunity to kind of go through their offense, to, to, to get the, the shots that they wanted or, or to, to keep, it, keep their, their friendly distance from the Bulls. At the end of the day, Orlando made the shots at the end of the game, and that does matter. But this was, this, that fourth quarter defensive effort especially, was as good as the Magic could play defense all year. It was as dominant and as, as strong as they've looked in a long time. You could feel Chicago looking for Mo Bamba, for Aaron Gordon, for Jonathan Isaac, and trying to avoid them. You saw Magic players having to leave the game because they were tired, they were gassed. Defense is not easy. It takes a lot out of you. And honestly, 
I think both Jeff Turner and David Steele said, as, as, as Steve Clifford called a timeout with about three and a half minutes to play, they look tired. That's a good sign. It's a good sign. It means they're working hard. It means they're scrambling and defending at a high level. That's where the Magic need to be at every night. It's been the holy grail that they've struggled to chase down this year. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__mb. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Coming up on Christmas Day, I'll have my Orlando Magic Daily mailbag, answer some early trade deadline questions, as well as a few other issues facing the Magic as we hit the Christmas break. Be sure to check that out on orlandomagicdaily.com on Christmas Day. But before we close out, I do want to wish everyone a happy holidays, whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or every other holiday that's going on this time of year. I think Kwanzaa is going on. I'm sorry, I'm not as educated on that as I should be. But have a great day. I know most people have off from work. So enjoy the time. Enjoy the day off. Enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy the basketball on Christmas Day. We'll be back with you after the, after the holiday to talk more Orlando Magic basketball. So until then... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.